Here we go, boys and girls, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Man and Man Podcast. This is Kelvin Dooley, the great, the gorgeous voice you're currently hearing. Yeah, again, that's I and Kelvin Dooley. And on the other end, I don't know if it's gorgeous. You know, I may have piped <laughs> them up just a little bit, but that guy, as always, joining me, the host, the co-host, co-host, the host, first name Trey, last name, last name by him. I call him Big Time TV. What's going on, TV? Uh, not much, man. Uh, had a good start to the NFL season last night, and it uh, feels nice to see the NFL back in full swing. Yes. We'll get to that here shortly on the Man to Man podcast. Coming up on today's show, it is Friday, the first Friday. Uh, this is not – is this the first Friday of the month of September? This is the second Friday yes. of the month of September, September 10th. We end every show with Dad's Home, our weekly Friday Dad Jokes. Cards and Royals update. We'll talk about TV's cards and my Kansas City Royals as we come down the backstretch of the Major League Baseball season. We will stick with baseball with the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox. They are battling one of the closest wild card races that, I've, that I can remember in recent memory. We also talk about the Baltimore Ravens and you every team, every season TV, one team catches the in- injury bug and catches it in a massive way. Yep. Holy macaroni for the Baltimore Ravens. And then we talk about, me and TV will discuss last night's season opening victory for the defending Super Bowl champions as they take down the Dallas Cowboys. But we start every show with the national holidays. TV, today is 401K Day, Stand Up to Cancer Day, and National TV Dinner Day. Of the three... My favorite has to be National TV Dinner Day. Okay. I am a sucker for a really good TV dinner. They're not that good for you, but to hell with that. It's, that's <laughs> one thing I don't mind eating. I haven't eaten one in quite some time uh, because, again, they not they are they aren't that healthy. Um, and I've since living on my own, I've tended to, you know, cook stuff a lot more often. So I've kind of avoided the TV dinners, but I love them deeply. Yeah. Um, of the three, man, I would say stand up to cancer day, I guess is the one that, that, uh, I like the most, um, TV dinners aren't that I don't, I haven't had very many of them. I don't eat very many TV dinners. The, the like cheap, easy meals that I usually do is just not even a meal. It's throwing pizza rolls in the microwave or throwing chicken nuggets in the microwave or some ramen noodles or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I've never been much of a TV dinner guy, but I do uh, eat plenty of unhealthy, easy, microwavable foods. It's just right. usually not the full-blown TV dinners uh, that you see. And then as for 401k day, that one doesn't even – I don't even know anything about a 401k. I am oblivious to any of that. I have no clue what – that. Maybe that day should be for me. Maybe I should do some studying on a 401k. That's probably what I should be doing. Um, but nonetheless, stand up to cancer day stands out the most to me having lost a cousin to uh, leukemia and, you know, just having knowing multiple people who have lost be lost uh, family and friends to cancer. That that one stands out to me the most. Nice. Um, 401k. I am 
somewhat ignorant to it as well, but I've slowly been learning as I have a relative who's been really trying to push that agenda upon me. And I think all, all young adults should have some, some awareness or should have a 401 account. Um, Cause yeah, it does serve you plentiful uh, down the line. So that's something I'll be working on before this year's end, before years end. Um, I have no real closeness to cancer. So I guess I'm fortunate in that sense that nobody in my family has caught it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known people to catch it, so my heart goes of you who battle cancer. I, I tell people all the time, I am. I like to think that I'm a weak person compared to all of the millions of people who have the day-to-day struggle. Uh, whether that through be cancer, losing a limb, having served in the military, people who suffer from P- PTSD. Uh, there's people every day, man, who fight, who fight, who fight. And here I am, not living the luxury life, but living, just living life and living it uh, within my means and as a person. So if you are fighting cancer, man, my heart goes out to you, man. That makes you a, a tough son of a gun. Absolutely. Uh, I feel very fortunate not to have to, to battle and fight like that um, in that way. You know, life is already hard enough. So you add that burden on top of somebody, man, it has to be tough. But if you're pushing through it, man, credit to you. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. And without further ado, let's do the moment of do. I said that wrong. Let's do the do. No, you're good. You you hit okay. it. Without hit further it. ado, <laughs> without further ado, let's do the moment of do. Just okay. a bunch of do's in one sentence. <laughs> I completely butchered that. Man, what an a-hole I am. No. No, like I said, there's just a bunch of do's in one sentence. I don't think yeah. you butchered it. I don't think you butchered it at all. I, I didn't maybe I overthought it because I yeah typically we don't have so many do's in the do but yeah. I added an extra do and it you know it kind of threw me the hell off so all right that's now all right. that we got the way that's all right baby you just gotta do the do I gotta do the do <laughs> um, let's start with the NFL and the the holiday that should be NFL football in opening game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defender championship banner and crown at home. They take down the Dallas Cowboys 31-29 with a game-winning field goal um, late in the fourth quarter after a Tom Brady what 60-yard drive, I think it was, to cap off that victory. TV, your thoughts on the NFL being back and your thoughts on this game. This game I would like to spend quite some time on because I think there's a lot of takeaways from this game. So your thoughts on the Buccaneers narrowly escaping the Dallas Cowboys 31-29 to open up the season. Yeah, so uh, again, like like I already said, it just feels nice to have the NFL season back. As a big as a big baseball guy, it's always hard to kind of like divert my attention from baseball for a little bit to the NFL. Um, But with fantasy football and other like fun games that that you know we do to prepare for this NFL season. Being bigger, you know, fantasy baseball is not as big as fantasy football. And just with those things, it kind of helps to get you prepared, even with me as a big baseball fan. Um, so it was nice to kind of for one night, the Cardinals had a day game. So it was nice for one night to just, you know, focus on football, only watch football. And, man, we got one heck of a game. So uh, it feels nice. And like you said, there's all kinds of takeaways from this game. Uh, I'll start with one that, that I really – saw was Dallas's offense performed about as well as I thought they would. Um, yeah, they're great. They're great. Ezekiel Elliott struggled, but that Dallas offense performed just about as well as I thought they would. 
uh, even against a great Tampa Bay defense. Better run defense than pass defense, uh, which which I guess maybe makes sense since Dallas had a lot of success passing the ball and not so much running. But nonetheless, that Dallas offense was as good as I thought it would be. I have a lot of takeaways, so bear with me, TV, and I'm going to bounce some things off of you, so please give me the feedback. Let, I, you, you brought up the name Zeke, and this is in no particular order, but since you brought him up, let's start there. Okay. I don't, look, he's not the same, TV. He's not the he's same not. running back. Nope. Look, given this is probably the best rush defense in football, okay? Asterisks on that. But Zeke does not look – he's just not the same. The same guy that we got his first, what, two or three seasons in the NFL – these last two or three seasons as a Cowboy just haven't been the same for Zeke. And I, I don't know how much longer we could, like, try to deny that. Like, he doesn't have it. You know, he's just, just not the same player. Uh, Once upon a time, that offense was centered around the rushing attack. And, again, I get it. That is the rush, best rush defense in football. But I'm sorry. You got to – I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if Dak can carry the load like that coming off an injury for 17 games. Let's well, talk about Dak. Dak. Dak Prescott was amazing last night. Yes. Like, I did, there was never a moment in that game where I questioned or, like, after his first 15 attempts, I was like, okay, Dak is back and he may be better. Like, Dak was great last night. Um, C.D. Lamb, phenomenal, right? Yep. Sooner, sooner, right? Mm-hmm. Sooner, yeah, he was he was great. Um, Amari Cooper, who thinks he's the best wide receiver in football, stop it, stop it. But he was good. He was good. He, <laughs> he was, was good. good. Uh, the Cowboys online, they were good. Like everybody offensively for the Cowboys were was good. Besides the guy, like should be good. He's getting paid a lot of money to be really good at that position, and that was Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, um, and you mentioned the offensive line; they were they good. were great. They were good without their best player. Yeah, well, Zach Martin. Players. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Zach Martin's out. The offensive line still looks good. Zeke struggles. I will say this about uh, – actually, a couple things uh, based off what you just gave me. So, with Dak, um, he was good. And you mentioned him maybe not being able to carry that load for 17 games. I'm with you because I'm telling you right now, he's not going to be able to throw the ball 56 times for 17 no. games. And I think I think fifty six passes is what he attempted last night. Hey, um, that's uh, that is a ton of passes to open up a season. First game back, you cannot do that seventeen games in a season. That no. is ridiculous. I mean, you're looking at I don't even I don't even know Kel, I don't even know how many passes that would be. That but, but that's <laughs> unreal. That's a lot of passes. That's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot of passes. Um, a lot, a lot to expect on a, on one arm of a guy who just got back from his from his uh, ankle injury. So, and, and by and by the way, I don't know if you've seen it during the telecast yesterday. He's coming off some some shoulder injury that that he true. was battling heading into the offseason and training camp. He doesn't do your typical quarterback football, you know, arm exercises. He did a lot of baseball, as Collinsworth was pointing out. A lot of a lot of exercises that baseball pitchers do coming off that shoulder injury. He was doing a lot of that pregame, not your standard football exercises. Like everything that he was doing was tailored around the shoulders. And I mean, again, to your point, 50 attempts per game over the next 17 games. Come on. I just don't. And Dak is talented. He's no longer this rookie quarterback drafted in the fifth round. He is a top, um, what, seven, eight quarterback. As good as he is. Yeah. 
I just don't think he can do that for 17 games. Zeke has to be better. I don't give a damn if it's against the Bucks or the 85 Bears. They got to get a ball to Zeke, and he has to be at least efficient or effective, one of the two, because yesterday he was neither. He was neither. He was bad. And, and lastly, the only thing that I think is going to help Zeke is as good as this air attack is in Dallas, that could take some pressure off of the run game. They get Zach Martin back um, on the offensive line, and then if this passing game continues to strive and be as good as it was last night, maybe defenses start focusing on the secondary, and maybe that gives Zeke more opportunities to have good runs um, and big runs. So I will say I think there's a chance that as good as that air attack is, I think that gives the possibility that the run game can still improve this season. But even if it does improve, I don't think we see the Zeke we used to see. I I don't think Ezekiel Elliott gets back to the form that we were seeing when he first got into the league and, you know, everybody was excited about him being a top running back. I don't think he ever gets back to that form. But maybe this air attack can take a little pressure off and maybe that run game will get a little better because Dallas needs it to get better. I think if they run the ball, they probably – well, actually, I don't even want to go that deep into it because the kicker left seven points on the field or else Dallas would have won. But, you know, know, maybe if they run the ball, they get a touchdown or two more and then they win that game anyways. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I I think if this run game improves, I think Dallas could be a much better team and – yeah, I guess what I was alluding to is just, yeah, if they're, if they're running the ball a little bit, maybe they get one more touchdown and then they don't have to worry about those missed field goals that uh, ultimately lost the game. So that's what I was getting at next. Cowboys defense, they weren't as bad as they were last year. Like, their improvements were evident in game one. Like, they just – they weren't great. They did force four turnovers, one being a Hail Mary interception, so you could throw that away. So discounting that one, they had three, they forced three Tampa Bay turnovers. The defense wasn't bad. They weren't great neither. They made plays. They gave their team a chance. Okay. And then Greg the leg. I don't know what the hell got into him on the front. I know. So, Collinsworth, the broadcast team did a great job. Michaels and Collinsworth opening this game and just providing a lot of great details. He came into the season, I think, surgery. And he said pregame that he wasn't feeling 100%. Okay. Well, clearly, because it showed, like you alluded to, he left seven points on the table. They win that game if those seven points are on the scoreboard. Yes. So, um, yeah. let's talk Not- about Tampa Bay because we've, we've, we've chatted long enough about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa Bay looks like Tampa. I mean, I don't I, – I didn't really learn a lot from Tampa. Honestly, the truth, the truth be told, I didn't really learn a lot about Tampa. Still there at TV? Yes. All right, go. You were saying that you didn't learn a lot about Tampa. We'll just restart right there. Yes, yes. I didn't. I watched uh, watching last night's game. Tom Brady still looks good. The old lines can still protect. Uh, Antonio Brown. He he's not. Oh, he's not AB of four or five seasons ago. But man, he's still really good. Okay, <laughs> he's still really good. Complimented by Mike Evans, who had a few receptions. Gronk had two touchdowns. Uh, and then Chris Godwin. I mean, I didn't. I didn't learn much about the Buccaneers last night. Yeah. When it counted the most, Brady did what Brady typically does, which is just go down there and win points calmly. There's no real question. There's no real sweating. Just go win the game and you know move on to next week. 
Yeah, I saw more of a concern than I did um, any, like, surprise as in what they were able to bring to the table. Because, like you said, didn't really learn anything. They were the team that we saw last year for the most part. The concern I saw is they also didn't run the ball very well. And and Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, I don't know what they ended up tallying in terms of rushing yards, but I don't think they, uh, you know, compiled very many rushing yards either. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think it's because they both fumbled in the maybe, game? Maybe. Okay. So um, both running backs did fumble for the Buccaneers. That was two of their three – two of their four turnovers, two fumbles, yeah. two picks. Yeah, and so with with the, three, the lack of running fumbles. game, those turnovers, um, that, that would be a concern for me with the Buccaneers. But the fact that Dallas forced four turnovers and – And lose. Yeah, is more of a concern than – than Tampa, so that 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 Allen that just ends up bringing us right back to Dallas. I mean, forcing four turnovers, still losing the game. That's that's tough to have happen. Um, yeah. So so, in fact, let me let me just go back. Greg the leg. I don't want to put all the blame on on him. Sure, he left seven points on the board, but the team also forced four turnovers and couldn't get the ball in the end zone enough to win the game. And then back to the lack of running the football with Ezekiel Elliott. But anyways, Tampa. Um, looked looked normal. They they turned the ball over a little bit, and the running game wasn't great. But I think Tampa looked normal, man. And the one positive that stood out to me that I guess out of anything that that would have I learned about Tampa to kind of go back to you saying we didn't learn much because I, I don't think I learned much either. But if I learned anything about them for this year, Antonio Brown might be the number one target this year in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm not going to say yeah. he will be, but he could be. No. No, that's yeah, that's that's definitely possible. Is it again? Is it the AB of five seasons ago where he was elite and the best wide receiver in football? I, I know Julio existed and he was doing Julio things, but the best player, the best player at that position, wide receiver, in my opinion, I'm putting all the chips in on AB. He's not that guy, but man, he's still talented. Yeah. Here's one takeaway from the Buccaneers: they are very thin, you know, and karma is a is a, is is a bad word. They are very thin in the secondary because they one of their corners went down yesterday. I, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I think he separated his elbow or broken arm, something, something of that notion. He yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty nasty, uh, pretty nasty injury. They're very thin in the secondary, and Bita Vea up front. He had one specific play where he completely took the center and put him in Dak Prescott's lap. Uh, if yeah. he's healthy and playing at 100. percent that D line gets scarier with because now you have an inside pass for us and a in a really good run uh defending player in Budavea. Yeah. Out, outside their front seven, you, that that they can be had in the secondary. They can. Outside of that, I mean that team looks I mean, yeah, I see why they're the betting favorite, at least coming out that conference, because they they led by Brady, that team is still really good. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Any more takeaways on the game, T V? I don't think so. I think I think we've covered everything that I, at least off the top of my head that that I was kind of bringing into the show from last night. I don't nothing really that stood out otherwise. Yeah, um, I complimented Collinsworth and Al Michaels. I thought they were great. I thought it was a great broadcast. I think Tampa, the city, the the stadium, it was a great show leading up to like kickoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a well produced you know, opening game of the season. Like, I was so excited. I, you know, I'm taking notes on everything football uh, in the game. Drew Brees, you know, um, 
you know, being a part of the halftime show. I thought he was good in his in his first attempt there. You know, everything yeah. – it was a good showing by NBC. Great game, followed by a great game, heading into what should be a classic uh, first week of the football season because there's a lot of great matchups. Absolutely. And, and what a way to, to start it off and, you know, get this idea of maybe, you know, we're going to defeat the COVID cancellations this year, you know, just the hope that that doesn't get in our way because last year we had a pretty goofy season with games getting pushed back and canceled and completely postponed or whatever. Um, so it, it's nice to see that first game, all that success leading up to the first week of the season, we've been able to avoid cancellations to this point. Um, now, of course, we may have players miss, but as long as we don't have games canceled or pushed back to Tuesday, because we had a Tuesday night football game one one week last year, as long as we yes. can avoid all that, man, I think we're set for a great uh, 2021 NFL season. Yes. Good commercials. Patrick Mahomes made He was a shoe salesman in one of the commercials. <laughs> you know, football is back, man. This is what I love to see. Sticking inside the NFL, one of the AFC, you know, better com- contenders over the last two or three seasons. And the Baltimore Ravens, again, man, I- I've said this, you know, when I was introducing the topics, it- it- there's yearly, annually, there's one team to really catch the bug. The Baltimore Ravens have caught the injury bug prior to taking a single snap. They lose Gus Edwards. They lose um, J.K. Dobbins. They lose Marcus Peters. Uh, they lose another running back. His name is slipping my mind. They use – they. they they lose three running backs. Uh, Bateman is currently injured. Marcus Peters goes down. TV, your thoughts on the Ravens catching the plague, the injury plague, and is this too much to overcome for Lamar Jackson so, and company? So I think, I think I would say no, it's not too much for them to overcome if it wasn't for Marcus Peters' injury. Mm. I, think, I think the running backs – are capable of being overcome. They've, they've signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. They've signed Devonta Freeman to the practice squad. Um, they've signed – I'm drawing a blank on the other one, but it's another veteran who has had a significant amount of, like, playtime in the NFL. Um, okay. Multiple, multiple rushers of over 1,000 yards that they have, have signed, and they're at least on their practice squad. So, Devonta Freeman, who was, you know, a, a great running back for the Atlanta Falcons for a couple seasons. Um, Le'Veon Bell who we all know was a great Pittsburgh Steeler before all the drama, holding out, yada, yada, Man, yada. that guy hasn't been good in five seasons, yeah, man. Yeah, and, and then he went to Kansas City and did that. No, the hell he didn't. He ain't never came either. And then he, <laughs> and, and then he just complained about Andy <laughs> Reid all year and said something about not ever wanting to play for him again. I don't know. But anyways, nonetheless, these are guys who have had time in the NFL and have rushed for over 1,000 yards in on multiple seasons. So good running backs. Now, granted, do they have anything left in the tank? I don't know. Uh, but if they could, you know, work out an, an orchestra of, you know, running the ball with these three guys, I'm really mad that I'm drawing a blank on that third guy. But I, it doesn't matter. But either way, with, with multiple veteran running backs who have been in the league, I'm sure they could figure it out and get it to work. Because if you think about it, Baltimore's not really – even during their chase, they haven't had great running backs. Sure, Mark Ingram had a great season uh, during the, you know, like um, – my quarterback or, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, the funny interviews of Mark Ingram, you know, talking yes. about Lamar Jackson being an MVP. Mark, Mark Ingram had a good year that year, uh, but he still wasn't – I wouldn't say he was an elite running back. He just had a good season and a good offense. 
Um, I think this offense is good enough, and I think Lamar Jackson's play style could – I think I think any solid running back could really mesh well in this offense that Lamar Jackson or uh, tar- leads the charge of. So, yeah. uh, now, again, it, are, are they going to be as good as J.K. Dobbins? Probably not. But J.K. Dobbins didn't – I mean, he had a good rookie season. Um, but, again, he wasn't – an elite running back last year. He was a good running rookie running back, uh, but I, I think that's easy to replace and stay where they were at. But Marcus Peters is where I'm stuck at. I think losing him kills that defense. It's obviously he's he's one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it's hard to lose Jalen Ramsey, and I just don't know if the defense can overcome that. I think the offense will still be the same, but I don't know if the defense can overcome losing Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, so to lose two of your three running backs to ACL injuries, I think that third running back that I'm drawing a blank on had it, suffered an Achilles injury. Okay. And then Peters also goes down with ACL. I agree with the Peters. When you lose, uh, you know, one of the league's better outside one-on-one corners, guys who, who are, you know, quality press corners and guys who can drop back and play a zone and just play really well, Marcus Peters is that. Losing him is a huge hit to an aggressive defense with an aggressive corner uh, at a prime position. That one really hurts. Look, if you go back to Lamar's MVP season, yeah, you mentioned Melvin Ingram. I don't think Le'Veon is a serviceable back either okay. at either whether he's a starter or at the backup role. I don't think Devontae Freeman is a serviceable running back, whether he's a starter or in the backup role. The third guy you're drawing a blank on, I don't know who I don't know him either. So I don't yeah. think he gonna I don't think he could step yeah. alongside of Lamar Jackson, you know, and and I now the rushing attack of the Ravens at their peak is amongst the best ever. You go from Lamar hasn't gotten worse, he's gotten better, but now to his right or left, you don't have a serviceable which takes a little bit of that threat in the rushing attack. Um, it, it, it just kind of it subtly takes it not even it's not even a subtle it's an eight it's season ending type of threat like it is now like no longer you don't look at it as as venomous as it once was so now I think that puts more onus on his passing attack which is still into question I think we can respectfully still call it into question this yeah. man I don't the season isn't over but winning the division I think that's over contending for a championship I think that's over I mean I hate to see it because I have no beef with the Ravens. Um, good franchise. I've loved the Ravens just as an NFL fan. And it kind of sucks to see. Like, it doesn't suck to see the Chargers catch the injury bug like they have the last two seasons. It sucks to see the Ravens go out like this. It, it does hurt as a casual fan just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely makes things harder for them. I, and I'm not going to deny that. I do – I just I do think what they had last year in the backfield with Edwards and Dobbins I think that's replaceable. That's Edwards thinking. Yeah, I think it's replaceable, but I don't know if it's it's replaceable. Know. But with Le'Veon, so I yeah you're right. That guy is garbage. <laughs> look, these guys were were once good running backs in the NFL, both of them. And that third guy, I just I had to go look it up. That third guy I was drawing a blank on was Latavius Murray, who was formerly with oh. the New Orleans Saints. So I mean, you've got three guys who have all had good seasons in the NFL. Some much better than others. Of course, Le'Veon was once one of the greatest running backs. Devontae Freeman was, like I said, 
a great running back when he was with Atlanta. Him and Tevin Coleman were dangerous together in Atlanta. Um, and then Latavius Murray not ha- hasn't been as good as those two guys, but he's had solid seasons in the NFL, most recently with the Saints, before that with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, these guys have all had their time in the NFL. They're all veterans. Are they going to be J.K. Dobbins? No. Can they together produce enough help in the backfield to, you know, just help Lamar out to, to get, no. some, get some attention off the pass game. You say no, I say maybe. I think they could do it. <laughs> It'll be difficult, but maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe. Brick is in with some Major League Baseball. Let's do it. The AL East is getting exciting, Kelvin. Um, oh, boy, isn't it? it? It was not that long ago the Yankees were leading this division. Um, and then the Boston Red Sox took – no, I'm sorry, not leading the division, leading the wild card race. And then now Boston has overtaken them. Uh, Tampa, or, um, Toronto has caught up, and now Toronto's right behind. And between the three teams, there's only like three games of separation. Boston is three games ahead of Toronto and one game ahead of New York. So New York is just two games ahead of Toronto. This is one heck of a race. And like we already mentioned, uh, or like I tried to mention, the leader of the division is actually Tampa Bay who is, of course, I think like eight games up on on, uh, Boston. So I think they've got the division sealed. But this AL East is stacked, and these teams are really coming down to the wire. Uh, Do you see three AL East teams making the playoffs, Kelvin? I do. And by the way, the Rays lead all of the American League with 88 wins. Yes. Uh, So they are right now on pace to get the number one seed. And they're the second-place team is the Houston Astros, and they they have a seven-game lead on the Astros. So yeah. they're projected to get the number one seed. The Rays have quietly been really probably <laughs> – probably, I know they've suffered some really big injuries, but probably the best team in baseball. Probably. As for the AL East and three teams getting in, I think so. Um, I think with the, the Blue Jays, they're a very streaky team, right? They don't put together huge, huge streaks of wins. Um, they follow up these huge, not huge, they follow up these streaks with wins in the great baseball and slugging baseball. This is a great hitting team. They followed it up with streaks of losing and not hitting the ball, streaks of, you know, bad base running and so on and so on. That's that's the that's the Blue Jays. They've nine and one in the last ten. They could easily finish the season one and nine. Like that's the type of team they've yeah. been. They've been able to out slug some teams, even on the worst days. They, they've been able just to completely out-hit teams led by uh, maybe an MVP candidate and, um, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So yes. I, I do. I think the Yankees get it together because they were the hottest team in baseball just 10 days ago. They will get it together. The Red Sox are very consistent, and they can hit the ball. Their pitching is getting better. And then, uh, yeah, then you got the Tampa Bay Rays, who, again, who've probably been the best team in baseball that no one is really, really talking about because we're stuck on the Giants and Dodgers. But yeah. the Rays are damn good, and that's been evident throughout the season. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm with you. I think there's three AL East teams making the playoffs. I think you're crazy if you don't I – think, I think it would be hard. I'm not going to say I think you're crazy. I think it would be hard to say there won't be uh, with the way it looks right now. The top three team, the top three teams in the wildcard race are all AL East teams. Um, now, of course, there's two teams. There's two teams out West that are close. Don't forget about the Mariners and the Athletics. Uh, but yeah. I do, I do think three AL East teams will make the playoffs. Real quick, I'll try to make a case for out West. Um, the Seattle Mariners have really emerged as a team 
to potentially make the playoffs. Kyle Seeger is hot. He has been bashing the baseball out in Seattle. Um, now their pitching staff is kind of question mark, but I mean, they, look, they're getting the job done right now. They are hot right now as well. They're playing good baseball and they've caught up to Oakland. Uh, they're now tied both two games back of the Yankees for that second wild card spot while the Blue Jays are just a half game back. So, I mean, it's close. I mean, that's a five team run right there of all, all teams are within two games of, you know, each other or making that second playoff spot, second wild card yeah. spot. Look, those teams out West are definitely capable of making it. But with three teams leading the the AL wildcard race from the AL East, I mean, it, it'd be hard to believe that two of those won't finish in the top, in the top two spots. So um, I'm sticking with three AL East teams, but it wouldn't shock me if Seattle or Oakland was able to gain ground and take one of those spots before the season's over. It wouldn't shock me, but I just think the Rays, Yankees, and Sox just have better top-end talent and more of a veteran presence um, than, the, than the A's and the Mariners. Talented yeah. teams, both teams. It's crazy because the Mariners have been no-hit twice. So it baffles me now <laughs> <laughs> that they're really stroking the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, led by Seager, uh, tight friends. You know, they got guys who could really, you know, yeah. play that could really hit the ball. And their pitching is decent. Same with the A's. The yep. starting pitching has been really good. They're very streaky offensively. Really good sometimes. And then they could really be bad with the strikeouts yeah. and other times. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, I got all three. I got three teams from the East getting in because I, I just think, again, they have better top-end talent. Okay, so we've got the we've got the Rays winning the division. I assume I, I don't think you have, yeah. I don't think you yeah. have anybody catching them. So no, no. Tell me if you think there's three AL East teams, which two of the three that are in the wild card hunt are are going to end up with those spots? The Yankees, probably, the Red Sox, or the Blue Jays? It probably goes Yankees, and it, when the Yankees were really streaking just again ten days ago, I was really high on the Yankees. Maybe it was just time for those guys to cool off. They're cooled off in a in a worse, probably the worst way. But I think when they get back up to running and even out, when things even out, I trust that their top end talent and those and their experience in this time of the year, just recently, I think I, I just give me the Yankees over the Blue Jays. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I asked that question pretty poorly. So, so your two teams in to get the wild card are Red Sox and Yankees, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think I misworded that question and it kind of didn't sound right coming out. But anyhow, okay. you have Yankees, Red Sox. I think I did this. We we made predictions for the MLB playoff like format a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the Blue Jays being an outsider that could get in, so I'm going to go ahead and stick with them while they're hot. I'm going to stick with them, and I'm going to say that they overtake one of those two. I'm with you. I think the Yankees' top-end talent is a little better than Boston's. I'm going to say, even though Boston has the number one seed right now in the wild-card spot, I'm going to say Boston falls off and the Blue Jays overtake them. If the Blue Jays can stay hot, I think they can do it. So I'm going to go Yankees-Blue Jays instead of Yankees-Red Sox. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. All right. Let's let's bring everybody up today on the Cardinals and Royals, Kelvin. Uh, Over the last week, the Cardinals have – I mean, it's kind of the same thing. They're not really jumping up, you know, and, and getting real hot. They're just kind of staying afloat. They just split a four-game series with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And before that, they played Milwaukee. Uh, they won a game against Milwaukee, lost a game, and then had a 
5-1 lead and blew it in the ninth inning again. And uh, a game you've got to have against Milwaukee Brewers. You're playing the better teams like that. you got to take two out of three against them when you have the chance. And they were up 5-1 in that last game and blew it. You've got to have those wins. You just you can't afford to lose the teams like that. I've mentioned it a thousand times, probably on our Cardinals and Royals updates. But you just you can't you can't blow games like that, and you especially can't do it when you're playing good teams. Uh, but thankfully, they do split with the Dodgers. They win two out of four to, like I said, just kind of keep themselves afloat, keep themselves within reach of the wild card race. They're only three games back of the San Diego Padres. Or Cincinnati Reds. I actually just drew a blank on which one's in the wild card lead right now, but uh, <clears throat> they're only three games back in that wild card spot, and they have the Cincinnati Reds coming up. Uh, they're they're going to be playing them, so uh, starting tonight. So good series or good chance to to gain some ground in the wild card race. Uh, they got to take advantage of it right now while they have the chance. The Kansas City Royals. Let's, let's go back a little bit before Friday, last Friday. And let's go back to August 31st. They kick off a three-game series against the Cleveland Indians, soon to be Guardians. Uh, they were swept. And then they go to Chicago, face off against the White Sox, and they take two of three from the <laughs> AL Central leading White Sox. <laughs> and then it up with a four-game series against, um, what, the AL worst, Baltimore Orioles, and we split that series after giving up a 5-0 lead uh, to go on to eventually lose that game 9-8 to against the Orioles. I was watching that game uh, while eating chicken wings, and I was very disappointed. <laughs> uh, that, was not, that was not a good final hour of that ball game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so as of last Friday leading up to today, where they open up the final three games of this road trip against the Minnesota Twins, the last place team in this division. The Royals have just been even. They've been okay. Um, you know, I just like to see that Salvador Perez continue to stay hot. Uh, TV, don't you ever disrespect Salvador Perez again and say he'll put on Cardinal Red because he will not be yeah. doing that thing. <laughs> hey, that's, okay. not, that's not disrespect. That's love because, I, because I'm showing how much I like that guy, a, a rival. Well, don't that's like him love, when he's man. on my team, okay? That's, that's disrespectful. Like him some, like him when he's done with baseball or something. All right, because <laughs> what Molina is to the to the cars, that's what he is to the Royals right now. So uh, I like to see how bad stay hot. You know, <laughs> Nicky Lopez is really having a great season. He what he's doing is what I would what I want to see from Alberto Mondesi. Um, he's back in the lineup and being consistent. Yes, he has not gotten hurt, so that is good news. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the lineup is filling out, you know, for the rest of the season. The pitching, we've had some injuries throughout the whole season, so it's never really been 100% at any point. So that's still the case. But they've been, you know, they've been surviving, making things work. Uh, they're not piecing together long losing streaks, so that's always a plus. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully we can take care of the Twins, again, the worst team in this division, and, um, you know, avoid that coming in last place in the division. Because I don't think we're one of the worst five teams. Maybe worst ten, but not five. And I think the Twins are in that five. I think the Royals are better than the Twins. So, uh, I think you show that by beating them this weekend. Yeah, I would I would agree that the Royals are better than the Twins. The Twins just fell off the face of the planet. Like, they were solid last year. And then yeah. 
Lance Lynn goes to the White Sox, and now Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, who's now a Tampa Bay Ray. Um, all the guy, all the pieces Minnesota had are just kind of hanging out now. Like, yeah, this this didn't work out at all. Um, so, kind of feel bad for Minnesota. You probably don't because they're a division rival, but kind of feel bad for Minnesota because it looked for a, went from looking like they had figured it out, they were going to have a solid team to they're really, really bad again. So uh, I kind of feel bad for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I don't feel bad for them. Yeah. They, they, had some, <laughs> they had some pretty good expectations season. They had a good run here the last, you know, three seasons. Uh, I think sure. getting to an if I'm not mistaken, you know, clinching playoff first and winning the division within a three-year yeah. span. Uh, so they've had a good run, but um, it seems to be the time with the White Sox. The White Sox – are a good team, man. So it's, yeah. it's their time to shine. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, last last thing for the Cardinals, I just exp- I, I hope to see them. I guess continue to battle because they're only three games out. They're, they still have a chance, but they have got to beat the teams like the teams they just got done facing, the Brewers and Dodgers. Uh, I'm I'm glad they split with the Dodgers, but now they got the Reds. You got to win. You got to win two out of three with the with the Reds right now because you can't gain ground only winning one game. Uh, in a three-game set with a playoff team. So, uh, just hope hope to see them take at least two out of three in this series so that way they can keep themselves afloat in the playoff chase. Yeah, and the, the, the NL isn't that deep, if you ask me. It isn't. It isn't. And so, yeah, this is to take out one of those teams, not take them out, but gain ground on one of those teams in front of you. Oh, and by the way, they're in the division. So, it is that much sweeter. If the cards yeah. could win this series against the Reds. For and sure. with that, you know how we do it to end every Friday show. Dad's home. And I, awkwardly enough, neither Trey and I are dads, by the way. <laughs> but uh, we, I guess we love, we share this affinity for dad jokes. So I'll get us started, TV, with my dad joke. I think I have a very, um, very good Marvel dad joke for you and this is in honor of you know last weekend's marvel movie i i I won't even pronounce it because i don't know it uh but it did really well in the box office uh the marvel superhero sheen sheen chi i don't know all right here we go and i would like to go see that uh tv (laughs) (laughs) um how come the hulk doesn't lose his pants when he's transformed any guesses? Uh-uh. The experiment altered his genes. <laughs> that was no. <laughs> yeah, the experiment altered his genes. That's what you altered said, his right? genes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and depend. Depending on which way you're leaning, that could be his. You know, like his uh, DNA genes, those genes, or the genes that he wears. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, so, I like that one. And there uh, is a such thing as altered genes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, my old bad joke. Okay, so, Kelvin, do you know which state has the smallest drink? <laughs> the smallest drink. Uh, let me take a guess, actually. Which state has the smallest drink? Um, no, I do not. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yo. Why the hell did I not catch that? That's a that hard one because like you're you're trying to think of all fifty states. You're like, oh, yeah, which state? Which state would do it? Yeah, almost. <laughs> that that's a good one. We we clearly know the winner here. I I started to guess Boston tea. I don't um, know why I was going to guess that, but it just sounded correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. but Minnesota was that's clearly that's the answer. What the hell? <laughs> and I should have known that. Uh, yeah, no. TV just brought the better dad joke today. I don't think Marvel was hitting. Uh, I had another Marvel one too, but I thought that was the better one. Clearly, the Hulk. Yeah, him and his alter genes wasn't good enough, man. Thanks, Hulk. <laughs> so the one with the other Marvel. But there you have it. Another episode in Friday's edition of the Man and Man Podcast TV. Thanks again, brother. Yes, sir. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening.